coming to minister the word of God to us today. Having traveled all the way from Hawaii, Pastor Terry Wong has been the senior pastor of Calvary Assembly of God in Honolulu for 22 years. He has served as founding pastor, youth pastor, and evangelist. Pastor Terry received his Bachelor of Science in Mathematics and Computer Science from the University of Victoria in Canada and his Master of Arts in Theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. He recently completed his doctorate, Doctor of Ministry from the Assemblies of God Theological Seminary. Pastor Terry has traveled to many nations of the world and he carries an extreme passion for missions. In fact, under his leadership, Calvary Assembly has been transformed from being an inward-focused church to an outward, missions-oriented force. I've been privileged to have been there, having been invited twice by Pastor Terry, and I have seen for myself this incredible, incredible church. The sacrificial mission giving, listen to me, the sacrificial missions giving of Calvary Assembly, it has resulted in them being ranked consistently, not just once, ranked consistently in the top five per capita missions giving among all the U.S. Assemblies of God. Uh-uh, you didn't hear what I just said. Come on, somebody. Their giving and their going as a church has resulted in over 200 churches being planted in China, India, East Timor, and Brazil. including over 10,000 Chinese attending their churches in China. Pastor Terry is also an author, and he's written a book. And the title of his book, we should not be surprised, is Missions Power. Missions Power. Oh, by the way, he's also a black belt in Taekwondo and Kung Fu. He holds black belts in Taekwondo and Kung Fu. He's also a master chess champion. And he's married to Vicky, his wife, and they have three children, Brandon, Vanessa, and Ryan. Amazing family. Vanessa, his daughter, their daughter is the worship leader at their church. Amazing family. We are so honored to have all the way from Hawaii. Pastor Terry, would you come? Come on, Lighthouse. Welcome, the man of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aloha. That's awesome. You know, there are some churches I go to and they say that and they go, uh, aloha, what? <laughs> because it's a hello. So if you say hello to somebody, you can say hello back. Right? And you guys are awesome. Let's try one more time to each other. Aloha. Aloha. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. By the way, aloha doesn't just mean hello. It also means love. But also, that word comes from two Hawaiian words that literally means, may the breath of God be upon you. So it's a good greeting. I just want to thank Pastor Don, Miss Amy, for inviting me. Uh, we've been talking about this for years. I, I see them so many times in Australia. And now for this to actually happen, Pastor Don was just my, one of my speakers, keynote actually, in my last year's mission conference. And I'm telling you, that guy can eat. That guy can eat. I'm telling you. And he loves the hot sauces. You know, I, I, I ordered all this Chinese food for him. He had hot sauce with a little Chinese food. That's what he had. But thank you so much for the honor, inviting me here. The hospitality has just been overwhelming, and I'm so privileged to be here with you. Praise God. All right, let me get right into the word. You guys ready for preaching? Okay, let's do it. Matthew chapter 26, and I'm going to read selected verses. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Which, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, you will all fall away because of me this night. Peter said to them, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. When he, Jesus, was still speaking, Judas came with him, a great crowd with swords and clubs. Then all the disciples left him and fled. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, You also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. And Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, and he went out and wept bitterly. Lord, would you anoint your words right now? Would you open our hearts? Let the Holy Spirit minister so that, Lord, they will be filled with faith. And Lord, with your message, we pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Here we see a most historical night, the Thursday night before Jesus was crucified. And we pick up the narrative here, which is commonly known as the Last Supper. It is stated that it was a Passover meal. And it says that after the singing of a hymn, Jesus would raise up the cup. So you see here, we have a table here. And let's just imagine that this is the table where the disciples just just bunched in together here, and, and, and this is the Last Supper, and, and it says that Jesus held up the cup. Now, because it was the Passover, this is not the first cup that he held up. This is actually the fourth, because in a Passover meal, and I don't have time to get into all the theology and everything, okay, they would be eating, they'd be drinking, they'd be sharing testimonies, they'd be going back and forth, and then comes the fourth cup because each cup represents something differently. It symbolizes something differently. But then the fourth cup, if he drinks it, it would complete the Last Supper. It would complete the Passover meal, and it would complete the very first communion in history. Because prior to this, it was the Passover remembering what happened in Egypt when the, the death angel passed over the homes of those who had the blood of the lamb on their homes, okay? 
is to commemorate that. But now Jesus does something different with this Passover meal, okay? He extends the meaning of it because it's representing what he is about to do. But it says here, he did not drink it. He did not drink it. And he puts it down. And the scripture says, then after that, they prayed and then they went into the garden of Gethsemane. It's like the very first communion was not complete. There's a reason for that. He says here, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. He's going to drink it, but not then and not since he left. So we know there is going to be another supper. This is the last supper on earth, but there's going to be another supper up in heaven. And he's going to drink it then. They went to the Mount Olives. They promised to Jesus that they would not, you know, deny him and run away. Jesus was arrested, and, and Peter was the bold one. I will not. I will. And, and we know, you know, he, he denied Jesus three times, and it says in verse 75, and he went out and wept bitterly. How many times have we told Jesus, I would do this, or I won't do that, and you blow it? How many times have we wept bitterly? With this missions conference, I want to propose one aspect of doing breakthrough missions, and that's to imagine. And that's why the message of this, of this sermon today is breakthrough by imagining. Because imagining is a biblical principle and it's powerful. Imagining will result in breakthrough. It will result in breakthrough missions. It will result in breakthrough to rescue. We're going to see this. This principle of imagine, we find in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. Everybody say imagine. According to his power that is at work within us. There is power associated with imagining. Power that will cause a breakthrough. Now, I want, as my sermon, I've got three events to imagine three events. The first is to imagine missions. Okay, take, we're, we're picking up the story here. Okay, Jesus did not drink the fourth cup, put it down. They, 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 he gets arrested. The disciples, they go in hiding. It wasn't that long ago, before this Last Supper, when great missions activities happened. We find this in Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are free, few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Jumping to verse 17, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Like, they went, they did missions. They were sent out, the 72. And they came back with great stories. Like, wow, thank you, Pastor Jesus, for making us a missions team. Thank you for introducing us to missions. Thank you that we can go out and participate in what you're doing. And the results are awesome. It wasn't that long ago when they were doing great missions activities. Those are the good old days. Breakthrough everywhere, rescuing lots of people. Perhaps it wasn't that long ago when you did great missions activities. Yeah, maybe it wasn't that long ago. Remember remember the first year when you got saved, statistically. 
You know, as Pastor Red, I'm a seminary student, so I learned a whole bunch of statistics, too much, okay? But, but I remember one of the statistics was most Christians lead more people to the Lord in the first year when they're saved than the rest of their Christian life. That's the stats. Now, of course, a lot of us can kill that stats, right? You're part of a mission church. You're part of uh, under the Matheny's. Oh, man, you can break that statistics. But in general, the first year, but with some of you, you're going, yeah, I remember I wasn't scared. I remember I was telling my family. I was telling my friends. And, and you saw results. Some of them were coming to church. Some of them were getting saved. Remember those good old days. Hallelujah. It wasn't that long ago. Remember years ago when Pastor Don cast a vision to do serious missions praying, missions giving, missions going, the good old days. Remember when you led someone to the Lord, were you on a missions team and the church was established, you submitted a faith-filled commitment card and you were blessed for it. The good old days, hallelujah, then COVID hit. That demonic disease, that demonic disease. People didn't go to church. People fled like the disciples. People wept bitterly, just like Peter. Now, perhaps some of you find yourself discouraged, uncertain, feeling uneasy, unsure of the future. You, you're locked up still, even mentally. The disciples were doing so well, then that this night happened, and their master got arrested. And now they fled, and now they're locked up. It's no fun. Remember, imagine what missions was like before. Is it possible that we have a God that can do it again? Do we have a God that can do it through us again? Is it possible that God can do this through Nairobi Lighthouse Church again? Can we imagine that? Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. You need a breakthrough by imagining. So the second event is to imagine resurrection. After falling away, Jesus resurrected. We know the story, the Good Friday and then the Easter Sunday, he resurrected. And because Jesus lived, all of a sudden now the disciples, they were in hiding. They were shut down. They were locked up. They didn't know what to think. And now because of Jesus' resurrection, there's a resurrection that happened to them. Hallelujah. They were in bad shape. They need to be resurrected. Then what did Jesus tell them after the resurrection? Acts 1.8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the end of the earth. Is he still saying that to us today? Yeah, you had it. The COVID was terrible. Yeah, you may have, and I don't want to make it sound, you know, I don't want to be too light about this, but you may have had relatives, friends who died from it. And it's horrifying. I, I don't want to make light of that. Yeah, it was bad, but it's time for resurrection. Yeah, there was death. But there's resurrection now. Jesus died. There was death. But there was resurrection. The disciples died spiritually. But now there's resurrection. And he's saying, imagine resurrection again. And so what happened? What happened when he said that the day of the power will come on the day of Pentecost? Missions was resurrected that day. In Acts 2.14, we see Peter, the guy who denied Jesus three times. All of a sudden, he's filled the Holy Spirit. Standing with the 11, lifted up his voice and addressed them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So those who receive his word were baptized. How many on that day added were 3,000 souls? I will take 3,000 souls in Hawaii. And I think Nairobi Lighthouse Church will take 3,000 added here. Hallelujah. In Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah. This is the same guy that wept bitterly a few days before. He's not, we he's not weeping bitterly now. 
he's weeping with joy. Hallelujah. When there's resurrection, there's joy. 3,000 souls are saved. Imagine resurrection. Who or what made the difference? The Holy Spirit. Jesus said the Spirit will give you power to do missions again. I remember 22 years ago when I came to the church, I decided that because I'm the new pastor of the church, and at that time, the church was a 45-year-old church. So I, I, and they had gone without a pastor for two years. So I knew that, that you know, they, they were dead. Honestly, they were dead. I remember, I asked them, how much are you guys giving to missions? And one tall Chinese guy, he stood up, we give $15,000 to missions. And I looked at him, you cheap Chinese. One of you could give 15000 a year to missions. And he looked at me, you mean that's not much? That is so little. Because I know some of you, you Chinese, you hoard up your money. You, you put in a bank account for a rainy day. You know what? The rainy day is over. The sun is here. And we're going to use that money to save the lost, to rescue those out of the world. I remember that. So here they were. They were really dead to missions. They were dead to ministry. I held a leadership retreat. And I said, and by the way, there were less than five people, the fingers on my hand, there were less than five people that were baptized in the Holy Spirit in the entire church. Less, I think there were only two people on the board of deacons that were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I'm going, how can you do church? This is an Assemblies God church, a 45-year-old Assemblies God church. You're supposed to be empowered the Holy Spirit and less than five people are baptized in the Holy Spirit. So during this leadership retreat, I, I preached on the Holy Spirit. I asked those that wanted the Holy Spirit to come forward. And I, and I remember this woman, Dora, was sitting in the back with her young little boy. And I, and I signaled to one of the women leaders, hey, can you go get her? No. I mean, no. She says, she's a sinner. Well, so are you. So you sinner, go get that sinner. <laughs> and they said, you don't understand. You know that boy that she has? She got him before she was married. Big sin. Would you like me to pray for the gift of word of knowledge to operate through me so I can review some of your sins too? She wouldn't budge. So I turned to my wife and said, honey, can you go get that woman back? I didn't even know any names yet. I'm, I'm the new pastor. Can you go get her? And so she went to get her, and I could hear the women. <laughs> what is that? What is that? She's a, this adulterous woman. Why, why is she being brought? Hey, hey, what's going on? How come Sister Vicky is letting her sit with her in the front row? You can't do that. Only the special people sit in the front row. She's a sinner. Why is she sitting with Sister Vicky? But let me tell you, when I pray for the baptism in the Holy Spirit, she was rolling from one wall to the other wall. She was underneath the chair. This was a real baptism in the Holy Spirit. She was filled with the Holy Spirit. She was speaking in tongues. She was prophesying the sinner, the sinner. Hallelujah. And then I met Pastor Jack Haynes. You guys know him? He challenged me. He said, do you know that you are the closest church in America to China? So why aren't you doing anything in China? Oh, uh, well, because I'm the new pastor. Well, then do something. Yes, sir. What, what do you suggest? Well, you can plant churches in China. Okay. How do I do that? He says, well, we got all these church planters. You can, you can sponsor them. $200 a month. 
Oh, I don't know if that'll work. Well, why not? Have you tried it? No. Well, why don't you try it? Okay, I'll try it. So I preached a message, and I put, I remember I put 20 church planters' profiles on the altar. People were taking them, sponsoring $200 a month. Some of the, the teens got together the team to sponsor one. I mean, hey, unity here. Hallelujah. But Dora, you know what she did? She picked up eight of them. Pastor, she picked up eight of them. Eight times 200, $1,600 a month. And I couldn't believe it. You know why? Because she was filled with the Holy Spirit. Years later, God put upon my heart to plant churches in Brazil, which is so unheard of from, from Hawaii. Because Hawaii, you plant churches in the Pacific Rim, you know, in the Far East and, and maybe the West Coast of the United States. You don't go to Brazil. That's a long, long trip. But God told me to do that. And I, and I said to God, God, I will only do it if there are any takers. So during our missions conference that year, I said, I feel that God wants us to plant a church. Anybody want to go on this team? She stood up, pastor. She stood up, her husband stood next to her and her three little kids. Because now she's got two more kids. And she said, we're willing to go. And the three other adults stood up and we sent that team to Brazil. And look what she's done. We built this building in Brazil. And let me tell you, inside the church, they're having in this service, their very first missions conference. Yeah, I sent Pastor Dora there to plant a ch church. She, and now this church is holding a missions conference. Here is the school that she established. Here's the exciting thing. I'm telling you, it's one thing to plant a church in a foreign country. This church held a missions conference. They, Pastor Dora did the same thing. And by the way, she got ordained and all that kind of stuff. Then she did the same thing that we did in Hawaii. She said, I feel that God wants us to plant a church in the Amazon. You know, yes, that's where the piranhas are, anacondas, killer bees. She, she has no fear because she's got the Holy Spirit in her. No fear at all. So she said, but I can only do it if there's any takers. And we've got those three people that said, we will be on that team to the Amazon. So right here, we're, we're sending them off. So here's a church from Hawaii that planted a church in Brazil that now is, and I've already gone there, they now have planted a church in the Amazon. And the thing is, there's a law in the Amazon. It's illegal to reach out to the indigenous people. Those are the people, the locals there, the natives. God took a sinner when every woman leader in that retreat were just looking down on her. And yet now they're not looking down on her anymore. Now they're saying, Thank you for being obedient to God. Now she's an example to them. And that can, if God can do that in Hawaii, God can do that here in Nairobi, Kenya. Hallelujah. Any one of you. Resurrection takes place when there's deadness. From death to life, from laying to rising, from down to up, below to above, horizontal to vertical, nothing to everything. Hallelujah. Nairobi Lighthouse Church must not quit. Even after all that, the missions given you have given. It's not over yet. There's still resurrection. You are still a world-changing church. Praise God. It's not over. It's the beginning. We must be resurrected to save our unsaved loved ones. We must be resurrected to show compassion to our community. We must be resurrected to win the world by rescuing someone's world. The third event to imagine. This is to imagine nations. Imagine nations. Imagine missions, what it was like before. Imagine resurrection, what it can be like again. And now imagine nations. 
These two words are so incredible that there's a missions church with that name. Oh, look at that, Pastor Jack Haynes. That's the name of his church, Imaginations. I remember when he first named that, Pastor Don and I were in Australia at the time, and then he preached and he said, oh, I wish that you didn't take it first. I would have taken it for myself. What a great name for a church. You're imagining nations. The church will not just be a one nation church. Many nations, hallelujah. Let's look at an important passage of scripture in Philippians chapter two, starting from verse four. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider himself equality with God, something to be grasped, but emptied himself, empty himself, okay? Empty himself by taking the form of a bondservant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, death on the cross. For this reason, also God highly exalted him and bestowed him on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, Every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Why am I reading this? I learned in seminary. Theologians called this passage the kenosis hymn. Kenosis is a Greek word. That means emptying out yourself. This is Jesus emptying out himself for us. This passage was so famous, it was actually sung as a hymn before it found itself in the book of Philippians. The church was already singing it in the first century. This passage right here, it was a hymn. So when Paul wrote it to the Philippians, he was taking a hymn and inserted it into his letter to the Philippians. That's how powerful this is. Why? Because this is a missional passage here. They sang. I mean, it's not like we wrote the first mission song here. No, they were singing mission songs back in the first century. Jesus gave himself and here's the scenario I want to point out, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. In the end, we will all bow. Why do we bow? Because someone deserves our praise. Someone deserves to be bowed before. Hallelujah. We see this in Revelation 19.9. Just imagine, imagine on this stage. I, I, I want you to imagine, because remember, that's the biblical principle today. Breakthrough will come from imagining. Here we have this great banqueting hall up in heaven. Oh, let me tell you. This hall is so vast and yet so intimate because of the Holy Spirit that's in this place. Look at, look at the scripture in Revelation 19. It says, and the angel said to me, write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper. Remember at the beginning, I told you about the, the last supper that was on earth? Now imagine, I'm taking you. I mean, I'm helping you to imagine the future right now. And in the future, there's going to be a marriage supper to lamb. And he said to me, these are the true words of God. So imagine right now. Oh, pastor, there's going to be more flags than this in this banqueting hall. There's going to be every flag that's representing every nation. There's going to be on all the tables. This is not the only table. There's going to be a whole bunch of tables. Why? Because of the invitation list. Those are invited to this place. And you're going to see on every table this inc the, the incredible china or whatever they make up in heaven. 
Oh, the, the incredible utensils, the forks, and knife. And of course, the Chinese got to have chopsticks, okay? Ivory, ivory chopstick, okay? You're going to have banners, the multicolor. This place is going to be something that, that is incredible to behold. And then the worship starts, okay? The worship starts. There's going to be all sorts of known and unknown instruments up in this banqueting hall, okay? We're going to have the, the seven cymbal drums. We're going to have the, the trumpets that can play in, in, in seven different keys. We're going to have the choir, hallelujah, singing in seven-part harmony. We're going to have the harps. Whoa, I mean, the sets of seven strings. Something about seven here. Something about seven. And then you, you, you look around and, oh, coming down the aisle here. It's Nairobi Lighthouse Church. And with the dancing, hallelujah, hallelujah, the dancers are coming. Then there's a hush. There's a hush. Because now you see the apostles and the prophets, they walk in and they take their place right by this center table. But there's one seat that's still empty. And everybody's going, oh, it's not complete. Is that the guest of honor? And a powerful angel gets up and said, welcome everyone. I want everybody right now to welcome in the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And then here he comes, here he comes, the Son of God. The son of man, he walks up and he takes, he comes over here and he sits down. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is sitting right here at the marriage, the marriage, the marriage supper. Then he stands up and now he picks up the fourth cup. And those of us, we see the nations all around and, and hopefully Terry Wong, you know, We've got a front row seat here. And as Jesus is holding up the cup, we have our cups too. And we're drinking it together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then, and then Jesus says, it is eternally finished. But, but, we're all bowing down because that's what the scriptures say. Not because we know the prophecy, because we cannot help ourselves. Because this is the guy that made it happen for us to be in this banquet. How can we not bow down before him? Terry Wong will be, Pastor Don will be, we're all going to be. But then you look around, wow, look at all the people that Nairobi Lighthouse Church saved through the Missions Faith Commitment Card. They're all there. Hallelujah. We didn't know. Well, I didn't know you. I don't know you. you. We all made it. But then you look beyond those who are in the banqueting hall. There's an open door. Oh, no. No. You look in the distance. There's others who are bowing down. All the demons in the distance are bowing down. Satan is bowing down. Adolf Hitler is bowing down. Mohammed is bowing down. Buddha is bowing down. But when you look closer, no, 
No, that's my grandfather. My grandfather, whom I never shared the gospel with. He's bowing down with the demons. I told him, I told him, but he didn't accept Jesus. There's my biological father. I never even had a chance to tell him about Jesus. He's bowing down. Why can't they be bowing down here? Because I never told them about Jesus. That's why we have to imagine. On that day, it's too late. But it's not that day yet. We are imagining, we imagine what is to come. We have a chance now, an opportunity, one short hour to make sure that the ones who are gonna bow down, that aren't bowing down now, will bow down with us in the back wing hall and not in the eternal flame. That's called missions. That's called breakthrough missions. Are we gonna do it? Are we gonna do it? We have a chance now. Don't wait for that day. It's too late. They're already bound down in hell. Today is the day. Pastor mentioned that my church has become one of the top missions giving churches. What does that mean? Let me translate that. I'll do it very quickly here. Because we also have the faith promise card, the commitment card. I've got youth in my church and I, I did a, a conversion here just to make sure that, that, that you understand what I'm saying. I've got youth that will fill out this card and write down 45,000 shillings. 45,000 shillings. I remember the first time that happened, I received it and I went up to my, the youth that wrote it. I said, do you have too many zeros here? And she went, no. How are you gonna fulfill this? She said, well, I work at McDonald's. But McDonald's doesn't pay you very much. So yeah, I tithe on it. And then the rest of it is what I wrote down here. And I went, what happens? when Marvel comes out with a new movie and all your friends want to go to theater. You have no money to go. She says, I don't go. Then what kind of a life is that? She says, because you taught us. I have to give up my life so others may have a life. My youth, my youth. I have adults, adults in the church. They will write this out. The average adult in my church writes out 450,000 shilling per month, not per year, per month. And in my church, Pastor Don's been there. I have no millionaires. I wish I did. I have no millionaires. These are people who sacrificially give to missions. I even have homeless people coming to my church. It's not like my church is in the, the, the affluent area of Hawaii. Pastor Don's been there. You have to go through this winding road, there's projects, there's homeless people around. I have homeless people come to my church. And you know what? They participate in our missions conference too. I remember the first homeless person wrote down 7,500 shilling per month. And I looked at that and I said, you're homeless. You have no job. How are you going to fulfill this legally? Because I don't want you stealing from somebody just to fulfill your mission's faith promise. And he says, oh, no, 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 pastor. 
You taught us not to steal. That's breaking the Ten Commandments. No, no, no. There's parks all around the church. And we see people throw bottles, beer cans, all these things, soda cans, into the garbage. I plan to pick them up, sell them, and whatever funds I get fulfills my faith commitment card. Homeless people! 7,500 shillings. I'm telling you, we have no excuse. When a homeless person can faith promise that much, let me tell you, that's why our church has become the church it has become. We imagine missions. We imagine resurrection. We imagine nations. And because of that, there's breakthrough to rescue the world. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. And I want to pray, oh God, that your Holy Spirit will move upon each heart right now. Lord, some of them may be down and out and they feel like there's deadness in their lives. Lord, would they imagine the missions that they used to do, the person that they shared Jesus with? Lord, let there be resurrection that would happen. Let them imagine what they can be like again. Let them imagine, oh God, the unsaved loved one that could be worshiping with them, not just in the banqueting hall, but in this church. Let them imagine that. And let us imagine nations that Lord Nairobi Lighthouse Church can be with all the different nations of this world one day as you drink the final cup. Let us imagine that and let there be breakthrough to rescue. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering. Come on, everybody. Come on, everybody. Imagine right now. Imagine missions. Imagine restoration. Imagine nations. Imagine resurrection. Imagine resurrection happening in your family. Imagine resurrection happening. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Terry, I'm going to invite you back, please. Would you come? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, thank you for this incredible principle of imagining. It's, it's setting a vision. It's dreaming big dreams that require you. And so, Lord, I pray we will imagine incredible missions flowing through not just this church, through each individual, each person that's holding a card right now. Lord, let us imagine the incredible missions results that can happen because of our imagining. And Lord, I pray for resurrection. I pray for, Lord, those that are like Pastor Dora have felt like they can't contribute. They don't have a job. They, they, they don't have much talent. They, there's nothing to offer. Let there be a resurrection because that's dead talking. They need to start thinking alive. That Lord, you can cause a resurrection in their life. And that resurrection will cause resurrection in those whom they will rescue. And Lord, let us imagine nations. It's not just Kenya. It's, it's not just African nations. It's nations of this world. And one day, we're going to be together. We're imagining right now the banqueting hall 
where the mayor suffered a lamb and we're gonna be all together rejoicing. What a day of rejoicing that will be. Hallelujah. Let us imagine. I pray for the Holy Spirit to get a hold of each one of my brothers and sisters and let them respond to you accordingly. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Say yes. Now, I want you to take this with you, please. Put it where you pray. Keep it with you. And we're believing God. And Pastor Terry, thank you for coming all the way from Hawaii to take time with us. We're so grateful. God bless you.